0: Open your Bibles, if you will, please, to John's Gospel, chapter 11. John's Gospel, chapter 11. For the next few minutes, we're going to be thinking about life after physical death. In this passage, Jesus is speaking to Martha, and they're talking about the resurrection. And beginning at verse 25, Jesus said unto her, I and the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believest thou this? She said unto him, Yea, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, which should come into the world. There are a lot of question a lot of questions that people ask about the life after death experience Uh, what happens when we die well we know that we leave the body and james tells us that the body without the spirit is dead the body then is buried or cremated but then where are we Uh, where is the spirit Uh, when the bible talks about the spirit it's always talking about the individual it's talking about you and is talking about me. Is there some intermediate state after we die? If so, what awaits us in that immediate state? What kind of life will we have there? Philosophy and reason cannot give you any answers at all. You'll only find information in the Bible, and even here you will not find a whole lot of detail about what's going to happen with life after death. However, you need to remember that the Bible is a roadmap telling us how to get to heaven. It is not a guidebook to tell us what we're going to find when we get there. We do know that God has planted eternity in the life of every person. I like what Solomon said in the book of Ecclesiastes In chapter 3, verse 11, when he said, He hath made everything beautiful in its time, and he has set eternity in the hearts of men. I want you to focus your attention for the next few minutes on three basic things. I probably will not get to all three of them, but I'll tell you up front what they are, and then you can think about them. We're going to look, first of all, at the physical body in which you and I live. And then we are going to look at a provisional body, which we will have when death comes to this physical body. And then thirdly, we'll look at the permanent body, the one we will have when Jesus comes again. Now with that before us, let's look first of all at the physical body. When I talk about the physical body, I'm talking about life as it began when you and I were born and it will continue until we die. We live in a physical uh, body. Uh, Humans are both spiritual and uh, physical. In the book of Genesis, in chapter 2 and verse 7, in the first part of that verse, we have the word having to do with the physical body of man. In the second part of that verse, we deal with the spiritual part. Listen to what it says in Genesis 2 verse 7. And the Lord God formed man from the dust of the ground. And that's the physical part. And then if you look at the last part of that verse, it tells us about the spiritual part. And it says, God breathed into man's nostrils the breath of life. And man became a living soul. Now, you and I are living souls. And one day, the soul is going to depart from this body. And the body is going to die. The Apostle Paul said in Adam all die. All of us are the descendants of Adam. Thus, all of us are going to die. Why are we going to die? Well, because all have sinned. Why are we going to die? Because the wages of sin is death. And this physical body is going to one day perish. It seems to me that there are only three exceptions to death coming upon the physical body. One of them is Enoch. The Bible tells us in the book of Hebrews, chapter eleven, that Enoch was not because God took him. Enoch did not die; God translated him. And then, in the book of Kings, we read about Elijah, and Elijah did not die. In in the second Kings, chapter two, the Scripture says that Enoch, I mean that Elijah and Elisha, were walking along together, and it was time for God to take Elijah to heaven. And then the scripture said, and as they walked alone, suddenly a chariot separated the two, and Elijah was taken up in a whirlwind. Elijah did not die. And if you and I are living, when Jesus comes again, we will not die. Paul tells us this in the book of Corinthians, we will not all die, but we shall all be changed in a twinkling of an eye at the last trump when the voice of God shall sound and the dead in Christ shall rise first and then we which are alive shall be caught up together to meet them in the Lord. And this mortal shall put on immortality and you and I shall never die. Wouldn't that be a wonderful experience for Jesus to come even now and we would not go through the process of dying. But what happens when a person dies? Uh, Well, the spirit leaves the body. And the body goes back to the dust from whence it came. In the book of Genesis, chapter 3, verse 19, God is speaking to Adam. And he said, by the sweat of your brow, you will eat food until you return to the ground. For since you were taken from it, in dust you are, and to dust you shall return. However, the spirit returns to God. Solomon wrote in Ecclesiastes, chapter 12, verse 7, the, earth, the body returns to the earth, and the spirit returns to God who gave it. So we might say that death is the gateway to glory. Death is the gateway to coming into the presence of Almighty God. So then, when we think about death, we do not think about it in a morbid manner, but we think about it in a wonderful manner, because there is life beyond this life. A missionary who had been working for years with the various tribes in Africa, uh, gave an interesting story about the death of the tribespeople. And he said this, he said, many of the tribespeople, the Zulus and others, never say a person has departed, they say he has arrived. I like that. It is not that we depart from this life, but we've arrived at the next life, which is the life of Of glory with Jesus in heaven. The Bible teaches us that when we die we are going to be with Jesus. Well where is Jesus? Well you and I know that Jesus is in heaven. In the book of Luke in chapter 24 Jesus has been resurrected from the dead. He and his disciples are standing on the Mount of Olives and the scripture said he blessed them And as he blessed them, he was taken away into heaven. And so we know that Jesus is in heaven. In fact, later on in the book of Acts, in chapter 7, Stephen saw him. When Stephen was being stoned, the heavens opened, and Stephen said he saw Jesus standing at the right hand of God. Not even death can separate you and me from God. The Apostle Paul, in the book of Romans, chapter 8, verse 38, said this, I am convinced that neither death nor life nor anything else is able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. When Jesus was dying on the cross, there were two men crucified with him, both of them wicked, But one of those men turned to Jesus in believing faith and said to him, Remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus answered him and said, Today thou shalt be with me in paradise. But now where is paradise? Well, the Apostle Paul tells us something about paradise. He said, I know a man about 14 years ago, whether in the flesh or out of the flesh, I cannot tell. But he said, such a one caught up into the third heaven. And then three verses later, he said, caught up into paradise. And so then heaven and paradise means the same thing. Uh, the word paradise is a Persian word, and it means a beautiful garden. I like that. It means a beautiful garden where you and I are going to spend eternity with the Lord Jesus Christ. And then Jesus tells us a little bit more about paradise, and also Paul tells us about paradise. And he tells us that paradise is going to be a place where there will be no more suffering and no more sorrow. It will be a place where there will be joy forevermore in the presence of God. Now, that's our physical body. Come quickly to the provisional body, because this is where a lot of the Bible scholars have problems. Are we going to be disembodied spirits in paradise in heaven? Or will we have a body of some kind? Well, I call it a provisional body. Because God is going to provide for us some kind of body. Uh, The Apostle Paul declares in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 that we are not going to be unclothed, but we are going to be clothed upon. And Paul said, when I put off this house... Uh, This tabernacle, this tent in which I'm now living, he said, I'm not going to be found naked. I'm going to be clothed with some kind of body in heaven. What kind of body? I do not know. I do know that it's going to be a body that can be recognized. I do know that you and I will never lose our identity. John, you're going to be John, and Mary, you're going to be Mary throughout the endless ages of eternity. And you will never be a disembodied spirit. Paul seems to shrink at the idea that there would be such a thing as a disembodied person. And in the book of Corinthians, uh, 2 Corinthians 5, when he's talking about this, he said this, I would prefer to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. And then if you'll go with me to Philippians chapter 1, Uh, verse 21 and verse 23 Paul said for me to live as Christ and to die is gain and the word gain means desirable it means far better than anything we have here he goes on to say I'm torn between two things having a desire to depart from this life and to be with Christ which is far better there are going to be at least four things that we're going to have when we leave this body and get into heaven. Now, I'm not talking about the final body. Uh, That's the permanent body, the resurrected body. We're talking about the provisional body when we finally get to heaven. Let me just mention four things that we're going to have. Number one, there's going to be reunion. Uh, There's going to be reunion between family members and loved ones that have gone on before. The Bible tells us that heaven is home. And every time I think about home, I think about fellowship with family members. I think about the relationship that we have one with another. And unless we have some kind of body that is recognizable, then we will have no fellowship with anyone in heaven. Death is going home to be reunited with the family members and loved ones that we have known before. Imagine it, seeing some of those loved ones that have been gone for years, uh, seeing some of those family members that you did not know, but now you recognize them. I know you'll recognize them. On one occasion, the Bible tells us that Jesus was transfigured before his disciples, Peter, James, and John. And the scripture said Moses and Elijah stood there. Now Moses had been dead for years and Elijah never died. How in the world did James and Peter and John recognize these two people? They had a body of some kind. If they didn't have a body, God had to create one for them temporarily so that they could be recognized. We're going to recognize one another when we get to heaven. There's going to be a great reunion time. We will never, ever lose our identity. We will never be able to say, you know, I don't know that individual that we might have known here on earth. We're going to know them. There's going to be reunion. There's also going to be recognition. And then there's going to be release. Release. A release from the suffering of this present world. Some of you have suffered all of your life. You've had pain constantly. One day when you get to heaven, there'll be no more pain. No more pain, no more sorrow, no more hunger, no more thirst. In Revelation chapter 7, John said, And the Lamb which is in the midst of the throne shall feed them and lead them to the fountains of living water. No more suffering, no more sorrow. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more reaping. And then finally, there'll be no more rest. There'll be rest. There will be reunion, recognition, rejoicing, and rest. R-E-S-T. Aren't you glad the Bible tells us that there will be rest in heaven? In Revelation chapter 14, verse 13, John said, Happy are blessed of those who die in the Lord for they shall rest from their labors. The writer of Hebrews said there remaineth therefore a rest for the people of God. A rest one day. Some of you will be looking forward to that day of rest. You've worked hard, you've worked long. I remember a story that I read a long time ago about a lady whose husband had died when uh, he was quite young. Uh, they had four children. And she worked hard 24 hours a day, it seemed, uh, raising those four children, educating them, providing for them, taking care of them. It hardly seemed that she ever had a minute of rest. And one day after she had grown quite old, she was talking with a friend. And the friend said to her, what are you going to do when you get to heaven? She said, I'm going to sit down on a rocking chair. And then after about a thousand years, I'm going to start rocking just a little bit. (laughs) Oh, some of you are looking forward to that day when there will be some rest, rest from the toils of this world, and there will be no more temptations that will ever come to your life. There will be nothing else to cause you and me to look back and say, I'm sorry that I thought about or I did that. Now, let me just mention the final thing. I've talked about the provisional, I mean uh, the physical body, it lasts from birth until death. The physical provisional body lasts from death until Jesus comes again, and the permanent body will last when Jesus comes again, and the dead in Christ shall rise, and the living shall be suddenly changed, and we'll be caught up to meet the Lord in the air. And the scripture said, And forever we will be with the Lord. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the word of God, and we thank you for what we can learn about life after death. And now I pray that you will be with those who do not have this hope. Perhaps there's someone here who doesn't know you as Savior. I pray that this will be the day when they will surrender themselves to you because you said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man cometh unto the Father but by me. Save the lost, revive Christians, cause us to rejoice in what we have to look forward to in the future. In Christ's name, I pray. Amen. Amen. We're going to stand in just a minute and sing a hymn of invitation, and Marie is going to come and lead us, and Brother Randy is going to come and stand here to meet you. And as we sing, let me invite you to get up out of your place, make your way down one of these aisles and make everything right with the Lord. Let's stand together.